I don't know what that is, and maybe you do better than I do, but what is that where you can barely walk, and then all of a sudden you know the finish line's kind of closer, and you can run again? I mean, it's the most amazing thing we can do. Dizwins Radio, episode 1219, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, uh, real quick before we get to today's episode of the show, the good the good stuff, the meat, if you will, of today's episode, I want to talk about coaching a little bit. Uh, obviously, that's something that I do or the, the thing that I do for, for a living, uh, but I want to come at it from a little bit of a different angle today than, than maybe what you're used to me talking about, and that's from the, the accountability level. Uh, I like to think that as a coach, I provide accountability in different forms, and I think that a lot of times when we think about accountability, it's it's... Um, at least, at least some of the folks that I've worked with or just talked to had conversations with it's, it's, you know, that, that extra little nudge to make sure you're doing the things right. To make sure that you're, you're getting your miles in, or maybe that you're making sure to, to do the, um, the little things, you know, get on the yoga mat, get on the foam roller, pick up some, some type of resistance training, you know, whether it's weights or bands or just body weight, whatever it is. And, and certainly as a coach at, at all the different levels that, that I, you know, that, that I work with athletes at. Um, there is that level of accountability, but I think that that another piece of the accountability puzzle that I like to think I provide, and that any good coach would provide. You know, this isn't this isn't something that I think is exclusive to me, um, but it's actually doing the things correctly from a, from a running perspective. Meaning, are you keeping your easy runs easy? You know, I mean, I talk about that all the time, and and y- y- I know I know you might be uh, rolling your eyes like, yeah, run slow, race fast, yeah, 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 it is. We get it. Um, but but the fact of the matter is that sometimes it's easy to think that maybe you're running easy, he says from experience, when in fact you're not. Or maybe also from experience, it's easy to convince yourself that, man, you got after it for that workout. But did you really? Did you really? <laughs> in my case, not very often. And that's that's another area or another another level of accountability that a good coach can provide you you know, is, is making sure to look at, to look at your workouts, to look at your numbers. And quite frankly, I don't dig, dig deep into them all the time, but I definitely keep an eye on things from, you know, overall. And, and occasionally we'll dig into, uh, the, the, the data, uh, for the folks I'm working with and go, Hey, you know, wait a second. Um, you know, these, these easy runs, are they, are they as easy as, as they're supposed to be? Um, did you push yourself for this, for this workout? Like you could have, um, and sometimes that's the accountability that a coach can provide. Because if you're like, ah, I don't need, I don't need any extra accountability with getting out, and getting your miles in. That's cool. That's awesome. But do you maybe need some accountability to to really execute your workouts correctly? Uh, that's something like I said, a good coach can provide. I think I'm a good coach. If that would be useful for you heading into, you know, the the whether it's the spring race season or through the summer into fall race season or just in general overall with an eye toward, you know, what's my running going to look like two, three, five, ten years down the road. The doors are open. Uh, I've got room at all of the levels right now. So check out disruns.com slash coaching. If you haven't done so already, get a little feel for, for my style. Although I like to think the podcast gives you a feel for my style. Cause what you see is what you get around here. What you hear is what you get, whatever. Um, but check out disruns.com slash coaching for the details. Um, and if, if a certain level sounds good, you can click over to that 
levels page and really get the fine print, although it's, it's again, pretty simple and self-explanatory, I think. Uh, but if you want to get started, get a little extra accountability into your training in some form or another, let's talk. Anyway, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, my guest today is someone that uh, has been in the running world from various angles over the years. And uh, in his most recent book, which uh, has actually just, just released, I believe today, as you're listening to this, uh, which is titled Ultra Running for Normal People, he shares stories and lessons learned on the trails, both as a runner, uh, as a race director, probably as a little bit as a running coach as well. Like I said, lots of lots of different angles that he's coming from and putting a lot of those lessons and stories into the book that just came out. So no doubt we will have plenty of things to talk about today. So let's get the party started and officially welcome Mr. Sid Garza-Hillman to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Sid, really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, pleasure is mine. And, and y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, kind of want to follow along uh, with, with some of Sid's happenings. Uh, SidGarzaHillman.com is the website. That's S-I-D-G-A-R-Z-A-H-I-L-L-M-A-N.com. SidGarzaHillman.com. On the YouTubes, you can find him there. Also with the same, you know, makes it simple. Love it when it's when it's just the name that's the handle for all the places, at SidGarzaHillman on, on uh, YouTube. Near as I can tell, not a whole lot of other social media presence, which isn't a bad thing, uh, but find him on the website, find him on the YouTubes. And of course, we'll have everything linked up today, links to the book as well in the show notes for today's episode at disruns.com slash 1219, slash 1219 to get you back to the show notes for today. All the links, get the book, all the things as per usual. So Sid, the way we always uh, kick off every episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple question that... Uh, sometimes has a simple answer, like the question itself, very simple. The answer, sometimes simple, sometimes a little bit complex, uh, but one way or the other, it, it's a great place to start the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? I'm going to say 50K um, and races in, in quote, <laughs> end quote, because of that I'm not an elite athlete, but yeah, that's my favorite and on trails. So I have to say it's on trails. Um, given my busyness of my life, that I can do and not have to make major shifts in the other things that I do. I've done a 50 miler. I've thought about a hundred K or hundred miler, but at this point with what I've got going on to take that on would probably be a little bit too much for me right now. So 50 K is kind of my sweet spot. That's gotcha. what I love the most. No, I love it. I love it. And, uh, over the, over the years I've talked to, you know, obviously folks that have all kinds of different answers to that, to that question. And, uh, it always puts a smile on my face when I'm talking to an ultra runner because it's like, oh yeah, 50k, you know, like that's that's something that's that's doable, it's manageable, it fits in my life. And but when I'm talking to road runners, it's like, you know, a common answer is half marathon because they're like yeah. that, that fits in my life. But you know, I started thinking about a marathon and like, goodness, that just takes too long. And so it's just such a different perspective from the the ultra community where it's like, you know, 50k, which obviously for those that don't do math well or those that aren't familiar with math, that's five miles longer than a marathon. Yeah. Um. Yet you know, that's, that's what fits into life right now. It's just, it's just an interesting dichotomy for, well, for I, I got to tell you. So the, 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 when I trained for my very first ultra, I, I had a coach for a couple months cause I had no idea what I was doing. And again, like I had only run my first marathon the year before. Okay. So at 46 and, and so you're starting to train, you're going longer distances and all, and talk about a perspective change. There was one weekend where he's like, okay, I think on Saturday, you know, you'll do a 12. And I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Just a 12. And you know, it's like, it's like, like five years before that was like, you'd run a half marathon on a Sunday and be like, Oh, thank goodness. It's not longer, you know, mm -hmm. complete shift. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, I guess that, that kind of tees up the, the, the typical trajectory of the episode is kind of where, where'd you get started in running? So you dip your toes into running your first marathon in, in your 40s. Had you been doing other running before that or was that kind of your, your introduction into the sport? Uh, just very recreational running, gotcha. you know, to, to basically three, three, four miles, you know, kind of thing. Not, mm-hmm. not really worried about it. I'd done a 10 K in my twenties and then another one. And then I did a half marathon when I was 38 and, and just never kind of stuck, uh, you know, for whatever reason I was a musician and just, just doing stuff. Um, but yeah, when I hit my forties, um, you know, feeling pretty, really good actually. And I'm a nutritionist. I was starting to kind of eat up better and feeling better and no soreness. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll try a marathon. And so I did two, um, that year, uh, when I was 45 and it just, again, didn't take, I mean, it was fine. The experience was fine. I got through it fine. But, um, tra- when I got on my first trail is when I went, okay, this is the thing for me for whatever reason. I, I found out that there were people who ran on trails and never knew. And I thought, I'll go on a trail run. And it was like a light bulb. And so that was my, I was like, this is what I do. So that's, it, it was not a, I'm not a, like I said, not a good runner particularly and not a lifelong runner other than very recreationally. So it's very, very recent that I've done distances like this. Well, you're, you're in, you're in, I'll say good company. You're in company one way or the other, as far as, I don't think there's too many elites in, in, uh, you know, just epic, uh, as far as professional runners, things like that. Listen to the show. It's a lot of folks that just enjoy getting out. That's uh, what I do. You know, time on the roads, time on the trails, time with friends, time solo, however it kind of shakes out for each person. Um, that's, that's what we're kind of all about here. So you, you, you definitely don't need to keep qualifying. You know, I'm not that fast or I'm not that <laughs> this or whatever. Like, like you're, you're just one of us here, Sid. Which, yeah, cool, which is what cool, cool, about. cool, cool. Um, you know, you, you mentioned kind of getting on the trail and, and the light bulb going off and, 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 you know, sometimes there's not a better way to describe it than, than that, but is it, you know, maybe, maybe with a little bit of, of, you know, a little bit of more, more time since then, kind of looking back, whatever, um, any idea what it was about the trail that was just that grabbed you? Was it the nature? Was it the, the solitude? I mean, I, obviously those are a couple of things that some people really dig about the trails. Um, but, but any, any, any idea or any way of putting into words exactly what it is for you or has been, or at least maybe it's evolved to at this point. Yeah. In one word, uh, it would be animal. Mm. I felt, I felt like an animal again. It was a weird, and I, I, I'm actually mean that I was running on trails and it was very animalistic. I was like, yes, it was the disconnect. Yes. It was uh, being on trails. Yes. It was the solitude and the silence and being aware. And when you're on trails, you can't kind of zone out. You have to be present because you'll fall. And so I liked that I was sort of in a meditative state without trying to meditate and, and felt like an animal. Again, I was running through the, the forest. It was like, if I, if it were legal, I probably would have taken my clothes off. You know, it was had this, <laughs> had this like kind of like really animalistic kind of wild feeling that was such a in stark contrast to how I and most everybody in the modern world lives. And it was like, Oh man. And it didn't take much for me to have that as it be a really, I could get, a good hit of that in 30 minutes. I didn't have to go out for eight hours. I could go 30 minutes and get that nice balance to everything else that I do and, 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 and I'm doing. And, um, so yeah, I would just say animal was the thing. Do, do you feel that still pretty much every time you get out on the trail or is that kind of the, the, the hook and it's, it's tamed itself. Have you become more of a tamed animal over the years? No, I still, I still feel it. Yeah. And, and the more, um, the more I would say technical that word that, you know, um, the rough, the trail is, you know, um, if I'm on like a kind of a manicured path, it, I don't feel it as much, you know, so I'm actually on a single track trail and there's holes and roots and it's like, and you're kind of, and the only reason I keep saying that I'm not a fast runner is because when most people I talk to that say I'm an old, they say, Oh, you do ultra runs. They assume that I'm a, you know, mm-hmm. type A 
you know, weekend warrior kind of like go getter. And I, so it's like, I'm in that space of like, no, no, I'm a dad, you know, kind of thing. Right. And so, but, uh, so I guess the more technical the trail is, the more wild I feel when I'm kind of skating through it. And, uh, and you know, you know, you've been out there, it's like, it takes a minute and then you're kind of, and then you kind of settle in, your mind settles in, and then you're kind of moving through nature in a, in a very cool way, uh, that I just never got on roads and even on manicured paths. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is, it, you know, as, as I've kind of gotten into to various, you know, just the, the evolution of, of my running, which is, is still predominantly mostly on, which I guess is what predominantly means. So there's there's a redundancy <laughs> department, um, but mostly still on the roads. But I, I do try to venture off into the trails typically on the weekends. It's just it's, it's enough of a trip to get to the trails from from my house. Yeah. that yeah. You know, if I'm going to if I'm going to run for an hour, by the time I drive for 15 or 20 minutes each way, it's it's uh, whatever is, is what it is. But but the weekends I try to get out there. Um but yeah, there, there is, I like the animalistic term because it really is just kind of, of, you know, the more technical the trail is, the more you do have to be plugged in, the more you do have to kind of be, you know, just, just get back to the core of kind of who mm-hmm. we are as, as, you know, upright apes walking around or running around right. as the case might be. Um, and yeah, if you let your mind wander too much, you go, you go asses over elbows down the trail real quick if you're not careful. Which I've done many, many yeah. a time. I mean, you I, know, think, I think yeah. all of us have probably once or twice at least. Yeah. And sometimes it's funny, like I'll get on a, tr- recently I, I was waiting for my daughter to, she was in ballet. And so I went, I went for a run and there's a trail right by the place. So I got on a trail fine on the whole time of the trail. I come off the trail and onto the sidewalk <laughs> and then I zone out and then I fall and mm-hmm. I come back and she's like, what well, my elbows bleeding? My knees are bleeding on the sidewalk, like a full trail run. And then I only fall when I get on the sidewalk, when I start looking at traffic and I'm not paying attention and there's a crack in the sidewalk and I go down. So it, it is a very attentive you know, trails kind of bring you to that attention. And then we get in the modern rule and we kind of go, oh, it's nice flat surfaces that are unnatural. And we, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a mindset shift. It really, really is. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, back, back a couple of years ago in the, at least however many years ago it was in the time machine, you get on the trail, you feel like an animal. Um, you start to hear more about, or at least I'm assuming you kind of hear more about ultra marathons and, and just trail running in general. Um, what, what was the, the, I don't know. What was the impetus to, to dive into a race? Was it because I guess where the, the question goes from that is, I mean, obviously any type of running, but I feel like trail running, especially it's like, yeah. you just get out there and go, you know, you don't necessarily need a race. And again, each, each individual person personalities are different and whatnot. Um, and again, you can make the argument, you could do the same thing on the roads, which is not a, a, a poor argument to make, but it's just to me personally, like I feel like trail running, like I do whatever, like I'll jump in a race here and there, but I don't, I don't need it as much. Um, what was, what was the allure of, of a trail race of 50 K for you? Yeah. And the first one was a 50 miler. Okay. And I, and I, yeah. And I, and I, and I, for me, it's, I would say mostly about the trail, mm. but there was something about that distance and that, that, that people could do it. And that even people, you know, like the, I, you know, I, like I read Born to Run. So that was the first time I read or heard about trail, people running on trails. I always thought hiking. But the fact that was interesting to me was that you've got the Tarahumara, they're running in sandals. There's no fancy equipment. And I'm going, what the, how is that even, you know, like it was that stuff that I, I loved the low maintenance aspect of it. You know, I run my shoes to the point, the shoes I have now, I've run four ultras in like this, literally the same shoes. Like I run them until there's holes. Like I don't, I'm a, I'm a minimalist, minimalist runner anyways, but I, I love that. I'm not, I don't, I'm not equipped. I, I, I run, usually I run in a, a shirt a few shirts I bought from the used clothing store for a buck 50, like they're collared shirt, short sleeves. And I just, I buy them polyester and I, those are my running. Sh- I love that aspect of it. I love that it's a disconnect on every level. And it, that long distance was, it was just like, I wonder if I could do that. And that, I'm not even kidding. I mean, the intro in my book is, I wonder if I could, that, that was the, I was like, all right, well, okay. 
And I just, you know, in the work that I do with coaching people and stress management, I thought worst case is it doesn't work out, you know, but it was just something like, I'll try it. I was feeling pretty good. And I, again, road, road marathons for whatever reason just didn't click. And I thought, well, just guy, I'll try this and see if this works. And it just did. Yeah. Yeah. How, for lack of a better way of asking the question, how did that first foray into 50 miles go? Because again, you know, like 50 miles is no joke. Like that's, that's a, a good commitment. It's lots of time on the feet. Um, and I feel like even, even, you know, even with a marathon, even with any distance, if you're, you can be well-trained for it, but it's still like race day. It's, it's, it's probably longer than you've gone in training, but certainly you get to 50 miles, not too many people running, you know, 50 plus mile training runs in, in, in preparation for their first 50 miler. So, um, what was that first 50, 50 mile trail ultra race like for you? Yeah. So the actual true first ultra I did was a 50 K as a training run. Yeah. So my coach, the guy hired a coach, this guy named Matt Flaherty for, for the first two months. I just, I said, just, just get me on track. And he said, sign up for a 50 K. So by the time I ran that 50 K, I'd, I'd already stopped working with him. He just kind of get my, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing. You know? right. And, um, and so I'd ran that 50 K and the 50 K day was pretty good. Now, again, perspective, I was like, Oh, this is just the training run, you know? And then when I finished, I was like, well, that was a legit ultra. Like that was not messing around. I had a real good day. By the time I show up a month and a half later for my 50 miler, that's the longest I had run. So the day that I towed the line for the 50 miler, I had 19 more miles to run that day than I had ever run in my life. 19 more miles. And the 50 miler day turned out great, but it did not start great. Um, you know, just a lot of anxiety and, and fear and my stomach was not feeling good. And at the first few aid stations, I was like nauseous. And it was just that whole, like, didn't want to be there that day that for what, you know, you you captured it. People, it's so much built into that one day, but it really is just one day. Worst case is it doesn't work out and you do another one, but there's so much built in, especially it was my first, first one. And so, um, it turned out okay, but boy, playing the games in my brain. I mean, I talked about the book. I was like, if any, my play this little game, I was like, if anything physical goes wrong, I'm out. And I was just like, please, please knee, please ankle sprain. Like I just was at some points I was like, please have something go down and nothing did. So obviously my training paid off, you know, the way I trained, it, it really worked. I got through the day, it got better as the day went on. My stomach, stomach settled. I got to see my wife at mile 40, you know, things that kind of gave me a little lift. This mental game, as you know, like this is a mostly mental. Somehow times in that run, I could barely walk. And yet I ran the last, you know, five, 10 miles. But, you know, at mile 30 could barely walk. And somehow we, I don't know what that is. And maybe you do better than I do. But what is that where you could barely walk? And then all of a sudden, you know, the finish line's kind of closer and you can run again. I mean, it's the most amazing thing we can do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think from, from what I've kind of heard and read and understood and, and maybe even experienced as well, it's, it, it is the mental side of things. And it's kind of that survival instinct of like, you know, when we still have a long way to go or we don't know, theoretically, our brain, our, our brainstem doesn't know how long we're still going to be out there. Um, it's, it's reserving, it's saving something in reserve for just in case. And then once it's like, oh, there is the finish line, um, or, you know, just a couple miles to go, like, like, you know, you kind of almost can taste it. Uh, you, you just kind of release that little extra bit of energy because mentally you're like, all right, all we got to do is get this much farther. We know where we're going. And, and I've noticed it especially, and especially on a road race when you can actually see the finish line. So it's nice when you have like a nice, like half mile straight away till you can see it. And it just like pulls you, pulls you in. Uh, because it's just like there, that's it. That's all the farther I have to go. And you just have all yeah. this, whether it's actual energy or it's a placebo or both or both and, or whatever it is, uh, the mind just says, let's go and get this bloody thing over with. And, and there you go. But yeah, there's, there's always those patches somewhere in the middle of a race, um, where it's just like, this sucks and yeah. it hurts. And of course, the longer <laughs> the race, the, the, sometimes the worse those, those spots can get or the mold you get multiple times, but 
yeah, nothing like that little extra boost you get when like, where did this energy come from? Why didn't I have this an hour ago? I could have used it then. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and energy is the one thing, but also just like the physical part, you know, like you've got the energy to run, but also you're, you know, you were feeling crampy or you're right. pulled or pain and you're this. And then all of a sudden you're running, you know, and yeah, you mentioned it's funny because you could see the finish line. The last one I did was a couple months ago, a, a, a 55K. You could never see anything. You couldn't see where the aid station was coming. It was always around a corner. And right. in fact, like the the finish line, I was like running. I could start to see people. That's the thing about a trail run. You don't see people for a lot of it, you know. And all of a sudden, I was seeing people. I'm like, am I close? And the guy's like, yeah, you just go there and you turn there. And I was like, oh, thank God. But I couldn't see it. <laughs> you know, and it's just like this mental. Yeah, it's so hard, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know, the the brain is certainly certainly a big piece of the puzzle, which. I, I don't know how much people realize that. I, I certainly didn't realize that in my early days. It was just like, oh, I just need to train and, and, and you know, if I get the miles in, which which I certainly didn't do for my first couple marathons, I learned that lesson the hard way. But uh, it's taken it's taken a long time to kind of feel like I've got the brain somewhat somewhat sorted. Uh, still still room for improvement, of course. But like, you know, it's it's if you can if you can figure that piece out, which happens, I think, at different rates for all of us. But as you figure out the mental side of things especially the longer the distance goes, man, it's just things start to fall into, into place a little bit better. The races maybe don't always get dramatically better, but they get smoother. The, the highs aren't maybe quite as high, but the lows certainly aren't as low. And at least for me, that's, that's a win. If we can be kind of steady and, and cruise versus peaks and valleys the whole way, um, we'll take that. Yeah, I'm, I'm been, I've had the same experience. And, and by the way, th- I think that translates into other parts of life, you know, that isn't running. And so that's, that's why I love trail running so much because the stuff that I've experienced and learned on the trails, it does affect how I live. You know, it does even things out a little bit. It does, you know, when you realize it's a mental game and mostly, and you're then focusing on that part of your life in a, in a very cool way, I think it does translate into the world. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, before we, we dig too much more into the, or dig really deep into the book, uh, which I, I want to get into that a, a good bit as well, because I really have, been, have enjoyed reading through it. Um, I know race directing is, is part of, of what you do as well. The, is, is it the Mendocino or Mendocino? I, you know, uh, Mendoc- it's okay, Mendocino. All right. yeah. The Mendocino Coast 50K is uh, a race that, that you direct. Um, how, did you, how did you get into, into race directing? When did you decide to add that arrow to your quiver? Yeah, and kind of rough timing. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown the first year, but it was around the same time I ran my first ultra. So it was mm-hmm. in training for my first ultra being on trails around here. Um, my training partner is also named Sid, uh, uh, a woman named Sid. And, and, uh, I didn't know about trails. So I was doing a lot of my training for that race on, on highway one, basically Pacific coast highway, like in thunderstorms running along the road. I just didn't know trails. And she saw me one time running and pulled over. like, do you want to train. I was like, well, I'm doing a 50 mile. She goes, I said a hundred mile. I was like, I think we're good. You know, <laughs> so I think, I think you understand. Anyways, you start taking me on trails and that's, and, and being out there, I thought, oh, so there's, is there, an, there's an ultra in the area, right? She's like, no, I go, there's no ultra in this. And now where I live, Mendocino, it's about three and a half hours North of San Francisco. Okay. It's pretty rural, very rural. The town of Mendocino is a thousand people mm. and the trails don't care what time of year are gorgeous, but also empty. So I'm running on these trails, middle of summer, let's say, and there's n- nobody, you know, everyone's on the coast by the beach. You go on the trails, empty. Now I don't care about the busiest tourist season in the world, there's, you might pass one person. So I thought, this is insane. Why, how is there no ultra here? This is like begging for it. So just on a lark, I thought, well, let me just see what this would involve. And I just started like emailing people like, you know, Hal Kerner who never emailed me back, but just people that are sort of in the ultra world, like, Hey, how does this work? <laughs> and sort of researching it. Um, one guy sent me a marathon directing guidebook, not ultra marathon, but mm-hmm. marathon. I th- and that gave me enough of like, oh, so I've hit, hit this point. So I just contacted state parks and I was like, 
down a dude who knows the trails. I was like, this is what I want it to kind of look like. I don't want to hit these points. He goes, yes. Can I do it? Make a loop. And, and so I just, it started to materialize. I thought, hey, I get this done. So I launched it and I put, I, I, I was on social media at the time, but not, you know, big following, but I sponsored the ultra runner podcast for 200 bucks. The, 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 only, the, in full amount of money I've ever spent on promotion is $200 the first year. I've never spent it since. It's sold out every year just by, I just email my mailing list. Anyways, and I just, I just put it out. And a couple months after I launched registration, there was eight people. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll run it with them and I'll take them out to lunch afterwards. You know, like that was my thing. But by a month after that, with no more promotion at all, it had sold out to 75. And so then I upped it to 100. It sold out. So that first year was 100. And ever since then, I've made it 150 and I've capped it at 150. And it's just this cool little race. And I, and I did things in that race. Basically, my guideline was it's the race that I want to run. So I cap it at 150 because I greet every runner when they come across the finish line and because everybody can park right by the starting line. So there's no shuttles. I hated shuttles. Mm -hmm. That it's a loop. So there's no start to, you know, you don't have to shuttle back to your car. You finish up, you're done. Uh, Starts at 730 in the morning because I thought that's kind of reasonable. Feed, I feed everybody who, not just the runners. So you show up to watch the race, you eat. So I didn't want this like check off your bib number and you get to go to that by that little, t- it's like show up, there's beer, there's food, there's in the morning, there's scones and muffins and coffee for anybody who shows up, volunteers, spectators. So there's this kind of vibe of that race. It is not next level. It's not a qualifier. It's not fancy. It's very Mendocino. It's kind of like a, you know, anyways, but that's what it is. So I crafted that race and it's been very cool, super stressful. Um, it's, you know, like my fourth job. Um, people, you should do other distances. I go, no, 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 this, I've dialed this in. And when people lose interest, I'll stop doing the race, you know, because it's like the idea of doing more than one date or more than one distance is exhausting, you know, the idea of that. So anyways, it's been a very incredibly fulfilling, uh, endeavor, but not without stress as most fulfilling endeavors are. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know how long it's been ago now. I guess that's one of those irrelevant details, but, um, there was a, a local race back when we lived in Florida that was, had been running for a handful of years. It was the, the running club had put it on, but they needed somebody to, to direct it. And I was like, Oh, let me, let me, you know, I'll, I'll tell me more about what's, what's kind of involved. And like the amount of, of just the logistical, I don't want to say nightmare, but the logistical headaches, the, the number of things you had to, to take care of. And, and, and not that you, you don't understand this, Sid, but just for the folks that maybe have never even dipped their toes into race directing waters for like a local 5k, or I think it was oh, yeah. five mile. Like it wasn't anything big race. Mm-hmm. Um, was just like, man, I don't, I, I at that point did not have the the wavelength to be able to take that on. Um, and that was with basically the blueprint to follow. So I guess where, where I'm going with this is just, just to, to start it from scratch and figure it out. Um, is, is I, I mean, that's probably a fourth, fifth and sixth job, not, not just a fourth job. Yeah. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's a lot to do. Um, but clearly I, I think that, that it sounds like, like you've put together a very good race and, and, you know, I, I love the idea of just what do I like and not like, and let that be the guiding principle because, yeah. you know, there's probably, you know, 75 or a hundred or at this point, 150 people that are close enough to like you in terms of what they like in a race that there you go. Problem solved. Yeah. Not try to, to make it to the masses, but make a good small race. And that's, to me, that's especially on a trail, but even on a road, like a small, small field, local feel like that's, that's the perfect race. That's what I love about it. You know, and I get people from, I'm all, I probably only get 10 locals, even in the whole county. So um, usually it's, you know, 15 to 18 states. Um, I've got two people from South Africa coming back. They came last year for the race. I go, are you traveling through? They're like, no, we came for the race. Australia, Japan, UK. 
Um, and again, no social media. It's just this thing that kind of like people dig. I think there, there's a certain p- amount of people who want that kind of feel. Um, and, and they get it. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's, it's a, um, like I said, it's just not fancy, you know, and it's not, I had no interest in being, it being a qualifier for this or that. I just wanted a lot of first timers come and do it. Um, my very liberal, um, cutoffs, you know, I'm not trying to like go nine hours, you know, like if it's after nine hours, okay, fine. But usually people are coming through in nine hours, you know, they kind of get it done that way. And, um, but yeah, you said it, the, the first year I had finally got everything. I have, I have a a to-do list that I, it's electronic. So I can just every year I kind of relaunch it. It's like 220 things. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 yeah. And the first year I was, I go, I'm all set. And I go out the door that morning at 4am to get to the race start and I go, Oh, bottle opener. Like the last thing I'd forgotten was a bottle for the beer, for the beer sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> so I like literally go into my car- drawer in my kitchen and take a bottle opener out. And I was like, oh, this could be a travesty. You know, like I was like, you know, so many things busting through your head all, you know, just these little details, you know, the aid station stuff and the ambulance and the, you know, my wife and I and children are like packing the supply truck. Like, this is a family. I do not have a staff. I have a, a, a buddy, Bree, who's helps me wrangle the volunteers and, and helps me do the, you know, some of the work, but it, that's it. Yeah. Otherwise it's just a family run thing and some local volunteers who do a great job and it's, this is kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's own animal for sure. Um, for people that, that are interested in potentially trying to jump into one of the 150 spots, what, what time of year are we looking at? Is, is it summer race, fall race, spring race? Where, where are we it's where a, on the calendar? It, it's always around Earth Day. So um, okay. this year it, it fell on on April 20th. Um, and usually it's it, it's been the 18th. It's been the 23rd, right. depending on what. But it's always around that time. And I launch, <clears throat> excuse me, I launch registration in November okay. sometime. So I always kind of... I, I put it on ultra sign up, but then I changed the date a week before because I want to give everybody a fair chance. Like I've got 45 people on a wait list right now and I'm oversold by 13. So I sort of make the, they will go, can I defer till I go? No, every year I start scratch. I announce to the mailing list. I'm opening it this day, this time. And then, and then game on. And so far it's, it's been selling out again. If people lose interest then I'll can the race, you know, it's not, I, I have no skin of the game. I don't make a bunch of money from it, you know? Um, so it, it's a labor of love and I really like it and I love it and it's fulfilling, but, um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, like I said, I, I've just, just brushed the surface or scratched the surface of what the work is involved. And it was too much for me, at, at least at that time. And so yeah. kudos to you for, for doing that. Um, another thing that I know a, a little bit about, though, not quite as much as you about, uh, the, the amount of work that goes into something is, is writing a book. I've, I've written one, you've written four near as I can tell. Um, yes which means that either you've got it figured out or you're more of a glutton for punishment than I am, or maybe a little bit of both or, or I'm lazy. I don't know. It means, it means something, but one way or the other, the new book ultra running for normal people. Um, like we said, in the intro kind of inspired by some of the, the, the lessons learned and, and, and parts of your running journey. But, um, where did, where did the seed get planted for? Cause near as I can tell, and again, I, I guess I'm kind of bouncing around here, but the, the first other three books aren't necessarily specifically running related books, whereas this one is, um, so what was what was the the inspiration to to dip your toes in the running book water? Yeah, well, the first two books have yeah nothing to do with running, uh, and uh, mostly you know I'm a nutritionist and and I tr- teach people stress management. So mm-hmm. 
you know, it's a healthy families book and a, you know, my sort of health manifesto. And then my third book, six truths, how to be happy, you know, happiness kind of thing. My background's in, I was a, ph a philosophy major. I got a bachelor's degree in philosophy. So a lot of that's kind of feeling it. Um, but I realized it's in my own, my own track, a couple of things. One that ultra running really tied in to my overall work in a weird way. Cause people think of course, ultra running is insane and that's just crazy and type a, but I saw it as more, um, internal solitude thinking, you know, T t uh, being disconnected from, you know, social media and news and having these moments where you're kind of an animal again, like I said. Um, and, uh, so I saw that, I saw that tie in, um, for sure. But then my own, my own personal, what I learned from it, you know, what it was interesting. And also just the fact that, like I said before, people, when they find out, and I am, especially I'm, I'm an ultra runner, uh, they go, um, Oh, that's, you know, crazy insane, but also you are, you know, and, and so I thought, and, and then there was the people that were finishing my race every year. I mean, I've got at least four people every year that are over 70 running my race and it's a 50 K and it's not a joke. It's not the hardest race, but it ain't the easiest either. It's a, it's got 5,000 plus feet of climb. Okay. Um, and I've got 10 over sixties easily. And, um, and seeing this kind of swath of people that you could not define, this is not one type of person that shows up. It's all different shapes and sizes and ages that run this race. And most of them, 90% of them aren't trying to win it. They don't give a crap really about the time. Um, there's some people who always want to, you know, get to the, whatever that is. But for most, I was like watching these people going, these are just people. These are just, these aren't elite athletes. These are people who do run, but they do a whole bunch of other stuff too. And so I just thought, what a cool um, book to write, you know, like, can this appeal to just an everyday person with jobs and everything else, you know, and, and, but also get out, can they do this? Can they test their metal? Can they coexist with fear? You know, all the stuff I've learned how to slow down, you know, how to leave my watch at home for most runs that I ever do. The only time I ever wear a watch really is if I have a time constraint, like if I've got to get back in an hour, I'll, I'll look at my phone and go 30 minutes out, 30 minutes right. back or something. But I, I, other than that, it's wearing a watch to make sure I'm going slow enough. And I'm not, I'm not even kidding. It's been a complete mindset shift for me. Um, and, and one that has been very valuable. And again, it ties into the work and, that I do with other people is in terms of stress management, listening to your body in a real way right. and not running on a given day if you're not feeling it. I never used to do that. I would, and I ruptured my Achilles tendon one time because I had to run because the chart said that I was supposed to run that day and then do an interval run and then I ruptured my Achilles tendon. So really getting the connection of like, no, I'm not feeling it today. It's okay. I cannot run today or I can run a lot slower than I was going to run. Um, and so I really, really love that connection and how that translates to just sort of everyday humans. I didn't realize we were going to go to that point, but thank you for going there because I, I, I love that. Um, I mean, I, I guess I kind of, I kind of, I, like I coach as well, and I, I feel like that's always something that a, a, a common conversation is like, just because the schedule says X doesn't mean that it's it's not written in stone, it's not handed down from the gods. Like it's yeah. it's it's a freaking keystroke on a keyboard. Like correct, and it and it can be undone real easily if if you're not feeling it today, uh, for any number of reasons. You know, any number of life things that can happen, or or just how your body's feeling, or or whatever is going on. Um, yet if I'm honest. I sometimes that's that's one of those pieces of pieces of advice that I'm pretty good at giving and, and struggle a little bit more to to take on myself. Maybe I'm getting better in my old age at at recognizing that I don't have to run every day just because I normally run every, every day that I would normally run. Um, but but all that said, um, listening to your body and 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 kind of recognizing that hey maybe maybe today what I need is more rest or I need to breathe or I need whatever else I need instead of instead of running. 
um, I think that for some folks, and, and this is maybe me putting my own spin on things and maybe it's not accurate, but I think that for some folks, it, it almost starts to become a slippery slope of like, well, if, if my body's saying I don't want to, you know, today's not a good day, like that's fine. But then what's the excuse going to be tomorrow? You know, that, that type of thing. Um, from, from your perspective and, and your background and, and maybe just from, again, from your experience and kind of living it, how do you, how do you prevent yourself from going down that route of, yes, I shouldn't run today, but that doesn't like, I could maybe feel similar tomorrow, but maybe tomorrow I, I should run if that line of questioning and thought makes any sense at all. It, it makes total sense because, because sometimes it's an, it, and the, the only way you get to know this, I think is just experience, but sometimes it, it's an excuse and it's not real. It's not the way how you feel. It's just, it could be something like laziness or whatever. And that's okay too. Mental, I need to take a break, fine. Mm-hmm. But I can see that fear. I had it. If I don't run today, it's going to start that whole thing. So this is, again, why I'm such a fierce advocate for, uh, you know, contemplation, for thinking, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for getting your head on straight about how you want to be as a person. And, and, and for me, when I ruptured my Achilles tendon, I was not the guy that I really am. And, and that's a weird thing because I was behaving that way for years. Most of my life was very militant about a training plan. And then it bit me in the ass and I went, okay, wait, am I, am I this guy? I was, when I looked back on that day and still do, I had no business running that day. I was exhausted. I had been super stressed at work. I hadn't slept well. It was really cold temperature wise. And I, but I looked at the thing and I went on an interview run and, and, you know, could barely get back to my car. And so it was a very much of a, an awakening time for me. It was like, am I that dude? I got to push myself no matter what, like, what is that? How is that even serving me? So there's a balance of isn't an excuse. And I think the way I call it with clients called the after feeling, meaning you make a decision. Okay. I don't want to run today. Later in the afternoon, you might go, yeah, I should have run. Mm. You know, it's a, how do I, or like, no, that was a good call. Cause I'm still kind of tired. And you just build the experience of getting to know yourself. That's how you can tell the difference between whether it's an excuse and you're just being lazy on a given day, or if you really want to take a day off for real. And it just takes experience and trying that out. Um, but the other thing you can do is sometimes I, and this is just a, call it a game or whatever, but it works for me. If I'm not feeling it, I go, I'm just going to get on a run and I'll go super slow and just go for a little bit and see how I feel. And sometimes that evens it out enough to go like, okay, I'm cool. And I can right. keep running. You know, who Courtney Dolwalter is. Mm-hmm. So she, I quoted her in the book, but she, you know, one of the greatest ultra runners of all time. And she doesn't run from a training plan. She goes, I quoted her, like, I'll paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me, but she was like, I just go out the door and see where my legs take me. Mm-hmm. And some days I heard her interview, she goes, some days I start out and I'm like, nope. And she just turned right back around. Yeah. So sometimes just the starting of it can see like, okay, is this an excuse or do I really kind of not feeling it right now? And again, you might fail on a mm-hmm. coming day and then you succeed and you were in touch with yourself and then you weren't in touch with yourself and you get to know over time. I've had a battle of that for years. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think again, I, it, maybe it's just it's just my own bias or perspective, but I think I think a lot of people do, and, and I, I think that that I, I've kind of done some of that without necessarily realizing it, um, in large part because I tend to run with the dogs, and so like they need to go out one way or the other. Yeah. But it's like let's let's just go out. Like like so many times I'm like God, I don't really want to. By the time I get out and and like run you know half mile or a mile so that they can do what they need to do. It's like, well, shoot, I'm right. like, I'm out here. I yeah. feel f- like now, now I'm f- right. I feel fine. So then exactly. we just keep, kind of keep going. And that's how you know it wasn't, an, you know, like th- that's how you know, like right. you really should have been out there that day, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for for humoring me on that little. Uh, yeah, sure. No trail. So, I, I'm right in the, I'm right in the pocket on that, man. You yeah. have no idea. Like there's days where I go, I probably shouldn't run, and I and I just, oh no, but I got it. And you hear the voice in your head, no, you're gonna and it's like, mm-hmm. and you have to sort of be able to back out and go, is this who I am? Right. You know what happens if I take a day off? I'm not even training for anything right now. You know, like I can take the week off, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's like if absolutely. I either enjoy it or I don't enjoy it, you know, at this, right now. 
and, and maybe that's that's something that that kind of defines what the normal people are because that, that's going to be my next question kind of getting back to the to the book um you know ultra running for normal people <laughs> i i don't know too many runners that are normal but but anyway you know, maybe that's that's a, another aside but yeah. um you know kind of how do you how do you look at it in terms of what what the normal people are that that the book is for you know, the short answer is people who are not, um, I would say running is something they do, but not, it doesn't take up an inordinate amount of space in their lives. Um, you know, and definitely not, ultra, uh, elite athletes. And it's not a knock. I, I just want to be clear about that. I, I've, I look at elite athletes and that's incredible. Like I love it. But this book was for people who are not that and people who have lots of other, th- like me, like people who have lots of other things going on. I got family and a, multiple jobs and things like that. <clears throat> and then what trail running can bring to get out there, even for short amounts of time, forget about the ultra distances. However, the ultra distances, what they bring is that kind of breakdown, that raw kind of, we don't get it in the modern world. We're pretty too comfortable. And so that kind of long distance out there getting broken down, shedding stuff and kind of getting to that state, that bare state is I think a, a, a pretty profound experience that people just generally don't, um, experience because they don't have to. Um, we're medicated or we're social media or we're newsed or we're movied or we're junk food or whatever. And we're kind of away from that state. Um, and, and dipping in there once in a while, I think is a pretty, uh, pretty incredible experience that, that, that brings a lot of quality of life to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, again, like maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're preaching to the choir here or just because of the, you know, for me at least being in the running bubble, um, I struggle sometimes or, or maybe not struggle is the right way to say it, but like, like it's, it's not hard to convince a runner, even, you know, wherever they are in their running journey, whatever they've accomplished, whatever they, their goals are to be like, yeah, running is, is a good thing for all these other reasons. Like it's good for my mental health. It's good for my emotional health. It's good for my you know social health. A lot of times, a lot of you know running friends, things like that, oh, like yeah. all, all aspects. And, and, you know, we joke around here sometimes, or, you know, it's, it's kind of a running joke, but it's also kind of one of those, there's a little bit of truth to it where it's like, if I don't get a chance to run for a few days due to, you know, whatever weather or injury or, or whatever the case might be, um, you know, my wife just kind of is like, Hey, why don't you, why don't you go? Like, you know, why don't, why don't you just like, I'll You're hold down the phone. Crazy. We'll be fine. Like you just go out for an hour and, yeah. and come back. And again, that's yeah. where having the dogs is helpful because they want to go for the run. So that makes me sure. go for my run and which makes the whole, whole world that I'm, you know, that I, that it, my whole world spin well on its axis. Yeah. But the point being, um, you know, trying to, to communicate that to non-runners. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not that they need to, to jump right into running 50 Ks or 100 Ks or, or whatever, and not even need to run into jump into a running a 5K, mm. but trying to to explain to them how running can be helpful and and how um, you know you don't have to be able to run a, a eight minute mile right out of the gate to be a runner. You know, like yeah. you, you, certainly there's at least where I sit, nothing wrong with run walking, nothing wrong with walking. If if, if running is is a step beyond you right now, you start where you are and, and you build from there. Um, but all that to say. Um, I kind of feel like I get like as as I've been reading through the book and, and looking through it and 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 um, you know like like getting those folks into running ultra running trail running whatever the case might be um, I I don't know I guess I don't know where the question is going other than like like the world would be a better place if more people would run and so and especially to, to kind of to your point with the trail you know just getting out and and maybe getting away from some of the hustle and bustle and just kind of reconnecting to the animal nature that's inside of us. Um, I mean, it's any, anything that can, they can bring, make that a little bit easier. Like here, read this book or, or, or to be able to cite part from the book or, or just to, to whatever, share, share little bits and, and bobs. Um, 
I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I'm in the running community. I'm in the running circle. So like I see everything through that lens, but man, like it's a, it's a good, it's a good lens to view through is I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. And <clears throat> I think the struggle is of course, you know, well, what I do is I place it in the context of, I, I, if I had to be honest, which I do, uh, to, of the things that aren't working for us as a species, mm. you know, like our technology, our obsession with technology and things that are making us lazier and softer isn't helping us. It's not making right. us, um, happier or healthier. And I'm not saying not to even do those things. I do those things. I'm saying it, and I'm a small stepper as so my, like my coaching is called small stepping. It's, it's like you said, like I've, I've had people start running by going for a walk and then running 30 seconds total for mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like just, 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 just to pick it up. And my sell to people on it is that it is a natural thing for humans. We are the best endurance runners on the earth in terms of species. We kill it that way. We're not the fastest by any long shot, but we are really good endurance runners. It is natural for us. You can run in ways that aren't hard on your knees. For instance, a, you know, good right. gait, you're a running coach. Um, so uh, again, when I'm working with people, I'm not trying to make them faster. I'm trying to make them enjoy running. You know, they used to run and they hated it. I go, okay, well, let's, let's go slow down. I mean, what the coach told me first thing out of the bat, he goes, he goes, so what do you run? I go, I'm at eight and a half minute pace. He goes, okay, start running 11 and a half, 12 minute pace. I go, what? You know, and that was like the hardest thing for me, machismo wise. I was like, I could book, but I can go faster. He's like, yeah, but not for 50 miles. So shut up already, you know, and slow down. And then I was like, oh, but what if I slow down in other areas too? Oh, this is kind of nice. I can breathe. I can kind of pay attention. I can kind of enjoy this. I don't have to like slug through it every five seconds, you know? So this kind of, you know, hot, you know, speeding up our metabolism, power yoga, we're all, it's just like this thing of like, we're pushing so hard. And I think trail running is a real nice thing for people to just slow down. And if you just want to hike, fine. But if you want to do it for 10 minutes, fine. There's, I've, I've run on trails in Central Park, New York. In the middle of a city, I've been on trails. You know, people run around the reservoir thing. There's single track trails right. where you don't see anybody. And you're in the middle of a city. And I'm going, this is, a, this is crazy. I took a, a guy took me on a running tour through Central Park. I go running through Central Park in a sea of people. He goes, no, we'll be on single track. I goes, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So there's parks and places that you can find. And if you can't, then get on a sidewalk on a road, but unplug for a bit. Don't put something in your head right away. Don't put headphones in right away. Breathe. Even for part of it, then put your headphones in. Right. Just little moments of, of solitude. Or that's, that's what I try to get people to. And there is a part of the, it isn't just getting out there. I think there's a part, and I think you'll agree, there is a part of, of the physical movement of it. You know, I call it active meditation. You know, like you're running, that there is part of that of like exerting the energy. You know, it, there's solitude sitting on a couch or sitting on a meditation pillow. Okay, fine. But there's, I'm more attracted to running to move to movement through the world and then also being attention in, in that sense. And I, and I, I think that's a very, that's the cool thing for me. Yeah, totally. And, and, and especially for those, and, and again, it's certainly me if, if nobody else, but like, I've, I've, I've been trying to be more diligent with, with a little bit of a meditation. It's kind of, I've kind of stumbled, I don't know if I stumbled into, but I've, I've managed to make that be kind of part of my morning routine now. Like, like after I get my run in and have some coffee and whatever, and it's like, I'm about ready to start my, my work day. It's, you know, read a little stoic philosophy and sit Mm -hmm. and, and just kind of try to try to be still for 10 minutes. Um, not always, not always easy. Yeah. Not always successful, but I, I is, as as far as I understand, that's part of the process, and that's that's okay. It's not not I'm, I'm not failing. I'm just you know right. I'm where I am. Yeah. Um, but all that said, you know, kind of the movement piece, it's certainly a lot easier for me, for if if nobody else, to to clear my mind. Uh, if I do, you know, press pause on the headphones and just while I'm running, just mm-hmm. the mind just kind of clears. In part, probably because I'm not trying to sit there and think about what I should be thinking about. 
I'm just moving and let my mind clear. So that's right. You know, for for those that that that, that does appeal to more, um, and myself maybe is one of them. Like, you know, hit pause once in a while. It's not it's not yeah. the end of the world to just run for ten minutes, twenty minutes, five minutes, two minutes without any music or podcast or audiobook. It, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll still be here. Hit pause right now. We'll yeah. come back in a few minutes and, and you'll finish up the conversation. That's right. And I found that to be, I, I just as a personal test when I transferred my first ultra and ever since I decided, well, what if I just did this without anything like mm-hmm. no music, no podcast. And, but that was probably the hardest thing, way harder than the training. Yeah. I mean, going out at five in the morning for a three hour run with nothing in your head. <laughs> I mean, you're like, right. But then it got easier. Right. You know, then it got to the point where I kind of looked forward to it. I looked forward to not having noise for five seconds. And I'm all for noise. I, I watch movies like anybody else and listen to podcasting. But having those moments of like my breath, hearing it, mm. hearing my footsteps, hearing the birds, hearing the wind, feeling the temperature, feeling, you know, like kind of always like, oh, this is, and again, that animal thing. It's like animals are in a state of presence. They're what they have to do for survival. We don't, but we should sometimes mm. and feel what that's like to be attention, to be inattentive in an attentive state. That's all meditation is, by the way. It's being present. Mm-hmm. And I think trail running, you have to be present. Like you said, you're going to go, you're going to fall over. Mm-hmm. You'll hurt yourself if you do not pay attention. I've done it. I, my mind wanders and then I'm all of a sudden I'm on the ground <laughs> and my, knee, my knee's bleeding. So it's a practice of, of, of that. And I think it's, it's, again, these are things that are missing from the modern world. And I'm not saying people should unplug and go live in the forest. I don't, but it's, but it's a real cool balance to get out there sometimes. Right. You know, sometimes balance that other, you know, sort of that one extreme with the extreme of trail running. I don't mean extreme sports wise. I just mean the other kind of experience extreme. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I, to me, the, the key in there is, is the balance, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because right. I mean, you know, to, to, to tread on tired cliches, too much of a good thing is not necessarily a good thing. Like it's right. too much. And, and so, right. Um, you know, having, having the different breaks, whether it's, it's roads versus trails or whether it's, it's, you know, learning to run easy so that you have easy days and hard days and not every day is just kind of somewhere in the middle. That's not easy and it's not hard or, or, you know, again, busyness of life and and quietness and and just all of the things like, you know, all the, all that is good is, is, is good, but it's okay to, to be the opposite of, or not, maybe not be the opposite of good, but just to, to be at other ends of the spectrum or other, other places on the continuum, um, and have some of that balance and, and, um, you know, and, and again, to, to borrow on cliches, like you don't, you don't recognize the good without the bad. You don't recognize the light That's without right. the dark. So having, having some of those, those times when you are just still and, and quiet can maybe help to make the podcast or the music that much more powerful, that much more enjoyable because it's not just white noise that's going that's through right. your head. It's, <clears throat> yeah. it's something that you can actually focus on. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, the, the struggle of course, is that because technology and distraction is so easy, it's just handed to us in these phones that we're carrying with, mm-hmm. with us all the time, that you have to make a concerted effort to, in a way, be uncomfortable. Right. And that's a weird thing for humans to have to grapple with. We have to, at least in the modern world, mm-hmm. in, this, in this country, we have, to, we have to on purpose put ourselves in places of discomfort to get more perspective in our lives, to appreciate more of what we have, to, like you said, be more, you know, like oh, appreciate the podcast. Like it's not just in the background of our lives all the time to disconnect. We have to make a concerted effort to do that. How weird that is. Mm-hmm. I'm a nutritionist, so I always go, Wild animals don't talk about nutrition. They eat the food that's around them. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about it because we can go to the market and get a Twinkie. That's a very weird thing for us to have to think about. You know, <laughs> like we have to make a concerted effort to eat healthy. And no, no wild animal does that. They eat what they eat. Mm-hmm. And so would we before we did this. And so no wild animal has to think about exercising. 
we're the only ones that have to think about exercise if we don't have to. You know, I can pick up the phone and Domino's comes through the door with a pizza with no movement at all. So these are concerted efforts we have to make, intentional efforts that we have to make to put ourselves in places of discomfort on occasion. If we want to live a better life, if you don't, then fine. But if you do, you got to kind of pay for it. Like you got to do the good with the bad. Like you, like you said, if you're trying to be good all the time, you're probably on drugs because there's no other way to be happy without feeling some pain sometimes. And to accept that is just making your, going to make your life that much better. You know, so what you choose to do discomfort wise is up to you. But, but saying like, I'm going to have to put myself into some situations that aren't that great so that I appreciate the situations that are, right. I think adds up to a really good life overall. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. And that's, that's probably a great place to start, start wrapping things up. And, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of smiling to myself because at least, at least as, as one of the, the strings of this conversation, and we're talking about putting yourself in a place of discomfort to, to try to spur some growth and, and whatnot. We're talking about turning your damn headphones off while you're running for 10 minutes. Like that's it. Like, like, What's the cost? What's the cost? Like, like in, in the grand scheme of human, yeah. human history, like yeah. that's a pretty low bar in terms of discomfort to have to, to have to get over. But you know how hard it is, right? I, I mean, do. you said you, when you sit for, do. yeah, when you sit for meditation, like you said, like it's a, it's like antsy. I should find, and just the chatter and it's like, it is hard. It's hard. It gets easier over time, by the way. But that is the practice of it. Like you're not doing it badly. You're like you said, it's just the practice of it. This is how you do it. But it is hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as we're, as we're wrapping up, Sid, I, I, uh, I always try to close with something I call a philosophical question. I feel like we've been, we've been talking philosophy for at least know, the last 15 awesome. or 20 minutes, which is, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, but I'll give you a more specific question to, to, you know, riff on for the last, however long you want to, you want to go with it. Um, but I'd just be curious, you know, in, in the, in the time that you've been running and specifically kind of the, the trail running part of your life where you kind of get back to that animal level, um, that, that you enjoy, um, what have you learned about yourself out on the trail? Maybe it could be learned about others as well, but uh, at least maybe start with like you know, something that, that running and kind of getting in touch with that animal instinct or just that, that animal part that comes out of you out on the, out on the trails. What has that taught you uh, about yourself? Um, well, I think one major thing that's taught me is that, um, <clears throat> is that uh, I, I'm in a better state and I'm happier person when I'm more versatile and adaptable. And I think the nature of trails they're versatile. They're, they change. They're not smooth. And so I think it's sort of in line. And again, I was, you know, my dad was in Air Force and, and I, and I, I sort of grew up in the kind of like you the discipline era of it. And that's again, to my detriment of following the plan. And a lot of people who I work with now as a coach are, you know, yo-yo dieters. They go right, they go all in total disconnect to how they are feeling about anything until they burn out. And that was me. And I would sort of do that thing. So I've, what I've learned by being on the trails is just to is just to let things present as they present, make moves physical and mental as the obstacles occur, figure out workarounds. Um, that's been really helpful for me as a singer songwriter, you know, for years, being creative in that way of 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 tapping into that part of our minds to shift things around, get out of you know a st- routines are great, they help us do things, but if you can't break them then all of a sudden the routine's in charge of you. So I think the probably major thing with me is like, I gotta be able to, sometimes I on purpose break routines. Sometimes I take a day off on purpose of from running, even if I feel like running only because I can feel myself going into that place of like, I have to run every day and I can't, and I, it's in me, man. It's just not who I am, but it's in me mm-hmm. for what I'm not a psychologist. So it's in me for whatever reason, but it ain't me. And that's the day to day struggle of kind of what trails have taught me is just to be versatile. 
my coach in the first two months, I was doing a speaking thing in Wisconsin and I go, what do I do? I've got, he had the weekly plan. He goes, I don't know, take a few days off. I was like, what? And then that, you're right. And that was the first time I was like, you can do that. And I'm not kidding. I was 46. Right. And I was like, you could just take days off. He goes, yeah, you're fine. Like you're fine. And I was, I finished the race. There's no problem. But I did not understand that at all on a fundamental level. And that was probably the biggest profound shift for me personally was adaptable and versatile, taking days off. It's okay. You're in charge of the plan. And if you're not, do the work that it takes to get in charge of the plan. Oh, man. That's good stuff. That's a good place to wrap it up. So uh, we will do so. I'll try to not muddy the waters any more than necessary, but send people your way. Uh, once again, y'all, uh, SidGarzaHillman.com. Uh, Sid Garza Hillman on the YouTubes. Of course, we'll have those those things linked up in the show notes for today, as well as a link to the book, uh, the new book, Ultra Running for Normal People. Good read. Definitely uh, you know, get yourself a copy. Get one for your running partner. Uh, get one for you know that person in your life that's maybe not grabbed running yet, but like you think they might could like it because they probably could, and this would be a great great gateway for them. Uh, once again, Ultra Running for Normal People available all the places books are sold. Um, and I, I, be, I believe, and I, I maybe should have mentioned this earlier, but um, Couple of couple of bookstore signings in in Colorado. Is that is that did I see got that somewhere? Got three. Yeah, I got three in, in uh, February of 2024. Like the sixth through the ninth, I'll be in Denver, Boulder, and uh, Edwards. Never been there, but uh, Edwards, Colorado. A couple of some book events and runs even. Fantastic. So if, if uh, you're listening to this right when this comes out, which those of you listening on the day that this comes out knows that it's February the 5th. I haven't told that to Sid yet, but this is coming out on the 5th. Oh, great. Um, if you're listening to it right when it comes out and you happen to be in the, the greater Colorado region where you can stop by one of those cities, check out check out the website. Uh, again, SidGarzaHillman.com. All the details are there and maybe go go see Sid, grab a copy, get him to sign your book, maybe run some miles with him as well. But uh, Sid, thank you for, for making the time today. Uh, this was this was great. I mean, it's just... Uh, the, the, the different perspectives, the philosophical kind of nature of the whole conversation instead of just that question at the end was, was fantastic. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, hope it was all right for you. But uh, again, thank you for the time today. Thanks for this great book. And I uh, hope you have nothing but the best going forward with your race and your running and all other areas of your life going forward. Thanks, and I can't thank you enough for having me on. And this was a surprising and super great conversation. So thanks. And I hope we cross paths uh, physically at some point. So maybe come out and do the race or maybe we'll see each other somewhere uh, somewhere at some point. But I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Sid and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, I mean, there were so many, so many nuggets in this one. Um, goodness gracious, it's hard to choose just one, but I'm going to go with one that kind of came there right towards the end when Sid was talking about, um, you know, being a, either being a slave to your routine. Do you own your routine or does your routine own you? And, uh, many of you know, if you've been listening for, for more than a minute, uh, that I am, I am very much a routine guy. And, and when Sid was, was saying, you know, sometimes I just take a day off just to, just to break the routine. Like my skin was crawling a little bit, you know, like, like a little bit, like, ah, no, I don't know about that. But the, the more I kind of let it, let it fester. And after we finished talking and, you know, as, as it's kind of been rattling around in my brain for the last few days from when we recorded this, um, I can't help but think that, that like, I love a routine and I do think routines can be very helpful. They, they've been very helpful for me to each your own, your mileage may vary, but for me, a routine is very good. But I think that, that, it is important to make sure that I'm in charge of my routine, right? And that that if and when something crazy happens, when it's terrible weather outside, when I'm just feeling lousy because, you know, I stayed up 
too late watching the Super Bowl and I don't feel like, you know, like I'm not feeling it for the run the next morning or whatever the case might be. Um, that, that I need to be able to press pause on the routine, break the routine to, you know, from Sid's parlance, which I think is, is perfect. Um, and know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Right. Like, like I'm not going to forget how to run. I'm not going to lose all fitness. I'm not going to miss out on goals, whether it's mileage goals or race finish times or whatever the case might be, because I listened to my body or listened to the, the, the situation, just use a little bit of common sense and didn't run one day, right? Or, or whatever, didn't do whatever the thing was that was, that was part of the routine um, because I felt like I had to, because I felt like I was stuck because I felt like my routine was owning me, right? Like, like a routine is, it can be, a, again, it can be a good thing for me. I think it has been in lots of areas, work-wise, family-wise, running-wise, certainly. Um, but it was just a good reminder to make sure that I'm in charge. I'm in charge of my routine and if ever, if ever the routine feels like it's, it's, it's in charge of me, if, and when I'm, I have the, the self-awareness to recognize that, which to be determined, if I could have that self-awareness, hopefully I'll never need to, to test that. But if I, if I figure out that my God, my, this routine is, is running my life versus me running my life through the routine. That's when you, I, you got to take a step back, right? You, you got to be able to recognize that like, it's okay to, to break this, whatever, this run streak, this, this routine for the greater good, because sometimes that's exactly what you need to do. Exactly what you need to do, um, for any number of reasons. So good reminder for me, potentially a good reminder for you. I don't know. I don't know if you're as, as, uh, beholden to your team. I don't even like to say it like that now as, as in charge of your routine, but benefiting from your routine as I am. Uh, but if you are something to think about, and even if you're not, Maybe something to think about. Maybe there was a different takeaway. If there was, I'd love to hear it. Or if it was the same. I mean, shoot, if it's the same takeaway, I'd love to hear that as well. At Dizruns on all the social medias, Dizruns at gmail.com if you want to shoot me an email. And, of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1219, Dizruns.com slash 1219. Leave your comments and takeaways down there in the comments section. And also, we've got that link to order Sid's book. Make sure you you grab a copy. It's a good read. Um, whether whether or not you ever want to run an ultra marathon, though, uh, please don't say never because if you don't want to, it is don't say never because that's the surest way to make sure that you're going to toe the line of a 50 K or longer at some point. So check out Sid's book, uh, once again, and at disruns.com slash twelve we'll have it linked up comment section, all the things as per usual. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, one, one more call for, for coaching. If you want some extra accountability in some form or fashion, we try to provide that. Dizruns.com slash coaching is the link. Dizruns.com slash coaching. As always, reach out if you have any questions. I'm not going to try to sell you. I'm not going to try to push you. I'm going to answer your questions. Trust that you're an adult because you probably are. I hope you are. If not, talk to you. Talk to your parents, kids. Uh, but I'm going to trust that you're an adult and you can make the decision that's right for you based on what I provide, based on how our personalities would mesh, based on budget, because let's not kid ourselves. That's a factor as well. Um, and if I'm not the right fit for you, hey, no, no problem. No harm, no foul. Go find a coach that's a better fit for you. Uh, and I hope that you all have a great relationship and it, it takes your run to the next level. If I can if I can be part of that, I'd love to do so at disruns.com slash coaching. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Sid and I with you today. And uh, until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? There you go.